No NHL tonight. Cool. So we'll talk football now and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. It's been what, not quite 48 hours yet since the Winnipeg Blue Bombers lost to the Montreal Alouettes. That game ended, well, what, like 8 8-ish, just after 8 o'clock, 8.30-ish? Well, more like 9 o'clock. I can't remember the exact time, but it wasn't quite 48 hours ago. The loss still burns, no doubt about it. Today we heard from a large number of players from the Blue Bombers. And we'll start with the quarterback, Zach Kolaris. Talking about how to get through this loss with your good pals. You can lean on you know, the days of, of, of joy that you stack up, you know, during the season, you know, working together. And because uh, it's, it's hard to find, you know, obviously not just in this league, but just in general, um, any profession. Uh, so, um, you know, you can take solace in that. But, you know, I, reflecting on the game stuff, you know, I haven't watched the, the tape yet. There's still plays that I'm playing back in my head. You know, obviously, with, just like you always do after wins or losses. Um so yeah, it's 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 been tough. It's just yeah, like like I said, yeah, after the game, it's sad is probably the right word because um, you know as you know, the the team's always a little bit different the following season. So um, you know, having that understanding makes it that much more difficult. Now he mentioned he has not watched the game yet, but are there plays that stand out that he wants back? There's a few for sure. Um, you know, the, the one that really stands out, obviously, for me is the uh, the interception in the end zone, the, um, you know, taking points off the board there. Our defense did a really good job afterward and, and forced them into a punt. But, again, that's taking three or seven points off the board. So that's one that will haunt me for a long time. Um, if I had to do it again, you know, I probably just wanted to just hand the football off. But uh, in the front that I saw, um, I've, I've pulled that ball many times this season, and it's, and it's worked out for us. So uh, I'd, pr- I'd probably do it again. But was that pick by KB on Anto just a a special one of a kind play? I, I, again, I haven't watched tape. I watched the uh, on the side on the iPad quickly to see if there was a call from the offensive line to to hand it off. Um, I mean, again, I I think it, with the front that I had, that I saw there, you know, I pulled one earlier on the, against that front to go throw it. And as I'm rolling out there to the right, I see him locked onto the Z. I think it was Wally on a curl. And, uh, you know, so I thought it was man. And the two guys actually, because we were running a corner and a, a, what we call a two route, they both set their feet. So I just thought they dropped Kenny. And, like, you know, sometimes in man coverage, when you run two outs, you run two ins, they, they screw it up, you know. And uh, it just looked like a screw up as I was throwing it. And uh, kind of just saw, like, at the last second, as the ball was coming down, I was like, oh, no. You know, thought it was thought it was an easy one, actually. But, in fact, it wasn't. And that's going to be one he looks back at the film of and he'll just probably hit himself in the head. Oh, God. And then watch it over and over. It's going to be painful to go back and watch it, no doubt. I know every time I had somebody on the show last year after they re-signed with the Bombers, it was, have you re-watched the Grey Cup game? And sometimes it was, yeah, I watched it once or no, I haven't watched it yet. Or I've watched it a bunch of times to try and get over it. When he finally does look at it, it's going to be tough to watch the mistakes like that interception, which was one of the biggest turning points in that football game. And a lot of what the topic of conversation was today with various members of the blue bombers is what comes next because well in sports next year, the team is always going to be different than this year. 
According to Ed Tate, he did a, an unofficial count. It's something like 35 free agents that are pending for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. That's a lot. And so we talked today about what the future may hold for this group. Yeah, it's uh, my hope is that everybody comes back. Obviously, you know, um, I think we made a. It was a great run this season. You know, we we came up short in the, in the final game, but the, with the, the the group that we had, you know, it was a a successful season. You know, minus the last the last moment, you can go back to last season as well. You know, and it was basically the same group of guys. So, um, you know, I, th- I think I say the team's going to be different because that's what you say at the end. And there is there is again there is an understanding of that. And I don't know. Um, what management has planned, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're already starting their due diligence with, with uh, the evaluation process. And um, but yeah, it's it's just tough. Whether it's um, you know, guys moving on to a better contract, or team moving on from a person, or uh, guys just choosing not to play anymore, you know, so it, it, it all makes it difficult. Well, part of what management has planned is uh, who is management, because Kyle Walters right now does not have a contract. So who is going to be doing the negotiation? With players. I'm not sure at this point. But he outlined, perhaps in his eyes, the most important move to be made this offseason for the Blue Bombers. And that's the offensive line. It's very, it's the most important thing, in my opinion. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's everything for the offense, the offensive line. I mean, especially the, the style that we play and uh, just the, the amount of detail that has to, um, happen play to play, you know. Uh, we, I, I haven't, haven't been in another system that, you know, I guess gives them that much freedom as well as re- relies on them to make the right call. And, uh, um, you know, just across the board, you know, Yosh, Patty, you know, Chris, um, you know, Jeff, Stan, and Tui, and, and Liam, and that, that whole crew, man, they, everybody, you know, Drew Richmond, Tamoya. So they, they just work their tails off every day, um, but you know I, I told Marty like you know, I told him after the game like it's it's an, it's an honor being in your meeting for the the eight to ten minutes that we spend in there when we're going through the uh, the pass protection stuff. Like my my brain just lights up like I just, I love that stuff and, and being able to to watch those guys work together and spend time with them after practice or pre practice and to really hone in on um, you know what the call is versus this front. I, I probably because I really love football you know but I just I really love working with those guys and I. I uh, how much time they put into it and, they, and their love of the game. You know, Patty Newfield's love of the game is just like, he, he probably doesn't talk to you guys enough about, but he knows everything about the NFL. He knows everything about the CFL. He knows every player, every coach, every, you know, he, he just does. And he, he just loves it. He lives this stuff. And um, Stanley Brown is the best offensive lineman to ever play in this league. You know, so, so being able to be around guys like that every, day in and day out is just uh, a privilege. So that, in my opinion, it's the most important thing. Most important thing is getting the offensive line back. And you know who would agree with that? Brady Oliveira, the running back of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We'll have more from Kolaris later on in the show, but when we come back, we're going to hear from the most outstanding Canadian of the 2023 CFL season. It would have been the MOC, possibly MOP of the Grey Cup if they had maybe even stopped Cody Fajardo on second and 18 or third and five. If, 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 if. The Blue Bombers. As we kind of it's like a season wrap-up show here tonight, and the voice of the Blue Bombers joins us now, Derek Taylor. Two years in a row, Derek, that you are in the locker room a day or two later with a, a lot of somber guys. Is that uh, did it feel like a funeral again this year? 
Yeah, it, it kind of ranged from guys who were still very, very down to to guys who were, you know, down but you know, accepting that all right, that's that's the season, I guess. It's it's never a place you want to go, right? It, it just it, it's it's hard for me to kind of wrap my head around a little bit, and we can talk about why. But it's 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 a hard place for those guys to be, and it's a hard place for those guys situation for them to be in. Going, we were this close and just came up a little short. Well, that's two years in a row, too, right? The circumstance is a bit different. Toronto was a bit wacky. Montreal just seemed to outplay them, and you know we, we're now going into this off season where. Oh, big changes could be roster turnover and like we're a couple plays away from four great cups in a row and we're not even thinking about that. And that's just the nature of sports, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and how hard it is to to win championships, right? And that's why like I, I like to say if you're in, in a mode where you can win a championship, you sell it to go for it because it takes a lot to get there. And then when you get there, you can be an eight or an eight and a half point favorite like the bombers were. And the other team can win. And you go, oh, man, if we had one bounce go the other way, things work in our favor, right? Championships are so hard to win. And it's, it's why we talk about how we're kind of blessed as Bomber fans to be in the midst, midst of this run. But, yeah, it's – I don't – I, I just – I feel like you want to take the guys aside and throw an arm around them and go, you guys are still awesome. Like, I get it. But, you're. I mean, to even be this close is a real testament to – to what you're doing and just keep it, keep at it. Uh, but uh, nobody, nobody in particular wants to hear that message no. today. Right. And I think we all kind of, this is dumb, but I, I kind of flash back to my own like high school sports career. And you're like, Oh yeah, I remember when the season ended and how bad that hurt. Well now make your whole life, you know, your whole working life around football and, you know, multiply it by a hundred and you kind of get a sense of what these guys might be going through. Oh yeah, like I never won anything in in my athletic career except a hockey a regional hockey title in novice. I think that yeah. was it. So I, it was always losses, and and we're in an era right now, Derek, where underdogs are winning Grey Cups all the time, right? All the time. Last year, the Bombers were favored and lost. Twenty nineteen, the Ticats were favored and lost. Seventeen stamps, sixteen stamps favored big and lost both. I mean, yep. this is this is where we are right now. You just have to get into the big game. And I think that's football in general, right? In a one-game do-or-die, it's not best of seven, anything can happen. And right now, the Bombers, you know, two and two in Grey Cups is, is good. Like, they went to four in a row. It's good. But they could have been immortal. And I think that tantalization is what's going to stick with a lot of fans for years to come. Yeah, and it's not over, right? The, the real interesting question and – a show we need to do, you know, in the future is uh, if you tear it down, what does it look like? If you keep it alive, what does it look like? Because there's two distinctly different paths they can take, you know, but like, do you try to ride this through 2025 and try to, you know, hey, Stanley, come on back. Adam, a couple more years. Let's go. Zach, you're under contract. Let's let's make sure you're in beautiful health until 2025. Uh, Kenny, can we sign you up for one more when this one's done? Like, uh, yeah, it's it's just super intriguing because just because they lost the Grey Cup and have now lost two Grey Cups in a row doesn't mean the run's over. Just because guys are free agents, well, they keep replenishing and they, they seem to find a, a diamond in the rough every year. Um, it, it doesn't mean it's over and is not repeatable, even with the guys that they're you feel like they're almost destined to lose to free agency. All right, let's talk free agency then because we are into the what's next now as we, we look back, but we look ahead Kyle Walters doesn't have a contract, right? Correct. So yeah, who's going to sign the guys? Season. Well, <laughs> there you go. Um, you wonder uh, who who ultimately has say in 
in who signs players would be an interesting question. Well, the dog's trying to get a say in here. Yeah, someone rang, had made the mistake of ringing the doorbell, and uh, Penny did not enjoy The nerve. Uh, right? Um, so who ultimately has say? I mean, who's out prospecting for free agents and finds the the Shones and the Dietrich Nichols and the uh, uh, D, D. Alfords, right? Uh, and then who decides who to sign them? So if that can be replicated within or if there's somebody to promote or if Kyle's back for, you know, year number 11, where, where do they go on that is uh, – it feels like that's got to be the first domino, right? You, if Kyle Walters was not going to be back, do you are you going to let him sign a bunch of uh, new players or how, how it's going to go? So that, that feels like that's got to be the first one to fall. How quickly does that need to happen before you, you start signing guys? Because that feels like you need a GM, don't you? Well, you would think so. And then the CFL, in the CFL, you can start signing guys for next year and pay them on this year's salary cap if you've got the room. Right, which is a way to kind of buy yourself more salary cap space next year. So, uh, if you want to start doing that, if you want to negotiate with Brady Oliveira or Willie Jefferson or Adam Big Hill, uh, forgive, oh, forgive me, I don't know Adam Big Hill's contract status, but the other two are free. Or a Drew Brown, guys like that, a Rasheed Bailey. Um, yeah, who's who's going to do that currently uh, becomes an interesting question. Yeah, I don't believe Big Hill is a is a free agent. Ed Tate tweeted out an unofficial pending free agent list, and, and Big Hill's not on that list. But, I mean, okay. Brown, Oliveira, Jefferson, Kolonkowski, Newfeld, Rose, Nichols, Woltarski, Walker, Thomas, Prukop, O'Leary, Orange, McCray, Cramdy, Jeffcoat, Hardrick, Hanson, Hallett, Gray, Grant, Gauthier, Miller, Castillo, Bryant, Briggs, Bailey, Augustine, Alexander, Schoen, Lawson, Houston, Cole, Clements, Kidwallader, Darby. That's They're not yeah. all going to be back. There's guys like Darby who weren't playing a lot down the stretch, but there's a lot of important guys I just said. Yeah, which is pretty much the standard, right? For every team in the CFL every year, guys, smartly for their perspective, sign one-year deals uh, because, hey, and I can maximize myself next year if uh, if I'm not going to be guaranteed anything. Nick Dembski signs a three-year deal because he got guaranteed money in that third year, right? Zach Kalaris guaranteed money in the third year of his deal. Makes perfect sense to sign a three-year contract in that case and take advantage of what uh, the new CBA brought in. But yeah, it's, it's pretty standard. So if we start seeing, if we start seeing guys, you know, re up for 2024, that'll be, it'll be neat to know who's in command of that because I, yeah, I, I have no particular insight on the Kyle Walters situation. I just, my head, I go, why isn't it done? Why isn't it done? Why, why, why? There's so many cases to be made on, on, in all directions, but uh, yeah. It's it's definitely intriguing for you know the the team on this once in forty years run in CFL in the CFL history to have uncertainty in that spot. Is it? Do you get a fishy feeling because it's not done? Um, it it just it just strikes me as strange, right? We, I was talking about it earlier with uh, Jim Toth, like Mike O'Shea. Remember we were talking to him about his contract, and he's like, "No, I'll worry about that after the season." And that's just kind of Mike. He was. I asked him yesterday on the coaches show, do you want to one day be a GM? Do you see that in your career progression? And he said, essentially, I don't really think about the next step at any point. Maybe that's, you know, ultimately not to my benefit, but that's just how I operate. I can't imagine that everybody's comfortable operating that way. Like that, that I feel like just from knowing people who work in other businesses, a lot of us like knowing where, where next year's salary is going to come from, right? We would like security. So I, yeah, I, I don't, I just, I can't really get my head, my, I really can't get a 
get a good feel for what's going to happen. But I just have to believe that not everybody operates the way that Coach O'Shea operates. So we look at what comes next and, and guys that we think will be gone. There's different reasons why players move on, of course. There's we don't want them anymore. We don't think they're good enough. There's we think we could get more money elsewhere, so we're going to go play somewhere else. And then there's the likes of Drew Brown, a guy who's a backup quarterback who you, we played your interview with him and what Zach Kolaris told you about him too earlier in the show, mm. the sense that he might be good enough to start in the CFL, in which yeah. case he's off and, and gone too. So that's, I guess we'll see what other teams want to do at the quarterback position, but is it your sense that they'll have to look for a new backup next year? I would think so. I mean, just, just think of what Drew Brown has shown this season and last season, both in relief and, uh, you know, his starts uh, weren't amazing. Like the Calgary one wasn't amazing, but they won the game. And you go, okay, well, they, they did enough on a cold night in Calgary uh, to, to make that happen. Um, I just look at quarterbacking around the league and go, if teams – I'd be very much in favor of you have one starter who is far ahead of your second guy and just risk it that, you know – you have a guy that's so good. You have a Kolaris level guy that you don't want a Dane Evans level second guy or somebody who, who might think they should be taking snaps. But another team, I mean, based on the injuries we saw this year, if a team wants to go into 2024 with two viable starters, I would not blame them at all because Vernon Adams missed time. Uh, Zach missed a game in three quarters. Trevor Harris missed most of the season. Hamilton was on to its third quarterback. Ottawa to its fourth quarterback. Fajardo missed a couple of games like this year might have scared some folks into we need two quarterbacks if we're going to compete because man, Ottawa was on Dustin Crum the fourth quarterback is this crazy to think that so looking at the players that are, are free agents of course there's there's a lot of older players who are more apt to take one-year deals because they don't know if they're going to play more than one year but looking at who's coming back who might not be coming back we know players want to, a lot of them want to be back, but for you, is there a position of need that the Bombers need to address, or is it just a matter of filling a couple tiny little spots because they really like who they have after four straight Grey Cup appearances? Oh, uh, let's go this through this in my head. Um, offensive line, I think, is in a great spot, even if they were not to bring back uh, some of the free, the Canadian free agents. They've got Liam Dobson and Tuielli, who got a lot of snaps in six and seven O-linemen situations. And Dobson got a start this year. You feel like, okay, they might be covered in that spot. Receiver, you've already got Kenny Lawler and Nick Dembski. That is a tremendous foundation from which to start. Running back, I mean, Brady Oliveira was a, was a monster this year. Depending on how you approach running backs, uh, we'll judge that one. Boop, boop, boop. Defensive line, I mean... You felt talking to Willie Jefferson like he very much wants to be back. Uh, his wife is very active and, and works here in, in Winnipeg and does great stuff. So you feel like he might be tied to the community. Defensive backfield is an interesting one because they've had to, I feel like when you go, when you have star players at two at defensive end, middle linebacker, all over offense, they've had to go younger at defensive back. And you wonder, I mean, it got, it, it didn't look amazing in the Grey Cup, let's say. So you wonder if, you know, is there a free agent out there who might, they might be able to put a hundred grand toward and go, hey, come play with us and be our boundary corner or our field corner or whatever it might be. Uh, we need a new dime, whatever it might be. 
Um, that I maybe maybe uh, defensive back is the one I kind of want to see what they'll do because there were it was throughout the season that you know it was a number one defense by points allowed, but there were a lot of points where we went, ooh, that guy was open. Eee, he just Bo just missed him, or Jake just missed that guy. And I wonder if that's something to watch for for next season. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, and, and I'll get you out of here on this because I mentioned this earlier in the show. As a fan of the CFL and other sports, I think I take for granted now with Cap Friendly and Spot Track and all these websites that just let you know what all the financials are for every pro team that you like. We don't have that in the CFL. I don't think we're getting that in the CFL, but would it be nice to have in the CFL to know what teams have left to spend going into free agency? Oh, you'd love it. You, I'd absolutely love it, right? And you can you can kind of compile, Three Down Nation will do their list of here's the top 20 paid at this position, top 15 paid at linebacker, and you can kind of put some stuff together. It does, If they have all the data, they could probably crunch it out pretty good, but it doesn't uh, allow for us regular folk to kind of be able to, to, to do that and go, well, what could they spend on this? Um, you can find out that, oh, the top paid running back was 125, so you can hypothesize what Brady would want and then figure out how, you know, how many players that will cost you to get there. Uh, I've been doing the Dalton Schoen calculation in my head going, well, if he makes 70 and he's going to be worth 250, just throw out a number. That's two veteran stud players that you have to replace with minimum players. And you could do, I find I can do a little of that in my head, but yeah, I would, I would just die for man, cap friendly and over the cap for the NFL are just, such a boon for the certain subset of fans that want that full nerd stuff, right? Like NFL quarterbacks, how much, can, when can we get off of Russell Wilson's contract right. in Denver? Oh, it'd be a hundred million dead cap hit. Well, okay. We're stuck with this for a while. It's just, that's, that's fun of the fake GMing right at home. And it'll probably never happen in the CFL. I, I wouldn't pat, put it past Justin Duncan got and friends, but uh, yeah, if they need any help with the Excel spreadsheets, I'm hundred <laughs> percent right. available because, can, can you imagine how valuable and how much fun that would be? Oh, it'd be I, it would super just, helpful. It drive conversation on the show, right? You do yeah. full segments on that guy makes what this guy makes. Really? Is that what we're doing now? Amazing. He must have the best agent ever. Yeah, there you go. Well, Derek, appreciate you coming on the show all the time this season. We uh, wish you the best of luck in your vacation quests. And you probably <laughs> still have some, some game logs to fill in before your season's over. But I guess we'll uh, talk to you when the news warrants over the course of the next couple months. I am here, and I thank you for everything you do uh, on the broadcasts and, and helping me out and keeping me straight and all my stuff. It's uh, incredibly valuable to have you uh, as a teammate. It's uh, it's awesome. So I thank you, my friend. All right. Thanks very much for that. Derek Taylor is the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, joining us as we put a bow on the Blue Bombers season. But we're not done hearing from the Bombers quite yet. Rashid Bailey is one of the players who I get the feeling might not be back next year. We'll see. I'm not sure. He loves it here. But is there space for him? Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. Come on and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We